0: But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. All things that people need and want come from the natural world entire ecosystems can live within just a tree. The natural world provides communities of living organisms, habitats, and micro and macro worlds that are essential to our health, quality of life, and even survival. Hey, hey everyone, this is Amanda Gates and I'd like to welcome you to home energy design. When it comes to feng shui, it goes way beyond the interiors of our homes. In order for us to thrive, we need the strong chi of nature to lift us up and infuse us with her nature spirits. So that's why I'm excited to share with you 41 ideas to feng shui your garden. I'll share with you some tips for using nature to boost specific goals and several ideas on how to place the Bagua map on your property to boost each Gua with specific plants to restore, revitalize and uplift you in the most healthful ways. Now you may be saying to yourself, why are you doing this podcast now? It's the end of the season. Well, interestingly enough, I've been wanting to put this podcast up for a couple of months now, but every single time I'd start to do it or work on it, something more pressing would suddenly show up. Then I realized it didn't want to go up for a reason. Too often, we forget that everything is cyclical. As Rebecca Campbell so beautifully says in her book, Rise, Sister, Rise, we aren't meant to bloom all year long. And yet what are most of us constantly trying to do, do, do? That's right, we're trying to constantly bloom. We need to reconnect with the natural world. We need to respect her and honor her, all of her. We need to get back in tune by celebrating all of those seasons. Spring full of new beginnings, summer full of all of those beautiful blooms, the waning of fall, and the great hibernation of winter and her frost. Nature knows this language. We see whispers of it in our August gardens as things start to become overgrown, leaves start to turn pale, and yet we mourn the loss of those spring beginnings. It cannot spring all the time. We have to learn to honor all of the cycles, all of them, and then celebrate the beauty that each one brings us. Even the great rest and stillness in the dead of winter can be revered as a clearing and unseen renewal. That's what honoring all of these cycles is about. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, how to really incorporate the correct energy into your garden by utilizing fantastic plants. We're gonna talk about placing that Bagua map and how to see your garden with a fresh pair of feng shui eyes. Are you ready? Let's get started. Everything that we've ever needed to survive and thrive is provided to us by nature, food, water, medicine, materials for shelter, and even natural cycles such as climate and nutrients. Unfortunately, we have become so disconnected from the natural world that it's easy and often quite convenient for us to forget that nature remains as giving as ever, even if it's vanishing bit by bit. Many factors I believe are causing the disconnect. Two things that I think are the biggest are the rise of technology and massive industry. It's distancing us superficially from nature, and yet it hasn't really changed our reliance or demand on her. Most of what we consume every day remains the product of multitudes of touch points, all from nature. And many of people's interactions with her are futile as they are incorrigible. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Easy Everyday Habits, to be more eco-friendly. My hope is is that through that book, it will encourage people and kids to start being a little bit more mindful about how we treat her. But that aside, she does provide us so many wonderful things. Beyond the physical goods, she provides us many gifts by the way of her beauty, art, spirituality, rest, stress reduction, and hey, if you like to get outside and maybe go hiking or biking, exercise too. For millennia, Earth has been nothing but a giving planet, which we have seamlessly lived in harmony with up until about 100 years ago. Everything we have needed has been available to us through nature and her healing energy. The beauty of nature has profound effects upon our senses, opening up gateways from the outer world that connects us to our inner world. Being in nature reduces anger, fear, and stress, and increases feelings of peace and serenity. Exposure to nature not only makes you feel better emotionally, but it contributes to your physical well-being, doing great things for you like reducing blood pressure, heart rate, muscle tension, and the production of stress hormones. It kind of eradicates all the crap that we hold on to. The cool thing is is that in feng shui, nature and her spirits are incredibly healing and vital to strengthening our chi or energy. Many ales of energy being stuck, sharp, or non-existent can be brought back to life through the strong chi of plants and trees and nature in general. Now think about this. When you drive down a destitute street, you can see and feel the lack of chi as opposed to walking a path through a beautiful forest of dense, beautiful, strong trees, full of life and beauty, birds chirping loudly, squirrels jumping from the tree limbs. It's a totally different feeling, right? Two entirely different types of chi, two entirely different types of energy going between them. When it comes to nature, many clients that I work with are so afraid to get it wrong. Oh my god, What if I use the wrong thing or place this thing incorrectly? And I've mentioned this many, many times on this show. I don't care how many books or articles or crap you read or how many courses you've take. The number one thing that I see the most in articles and books and feng shui stuff is fear. And here's the thing, along with rules that I don't really sign up for, but when it comes to feng shui There shouldn't be fear, especially when we're talking about nature. You can place any damn plant in any location for its beauty and practicality, period. There are a few plants that if used as adjustments in certain places, they might be a little bit less auspicious than others, which means good. However, liking a plant for all it gives to you and brings to you is valid enough importance. That to me gives me everything that you need to lift you up and give you the chi that you need. On my property, my two crowning elders are Arthur and Edgar, and I've mentioned them on the show many times. I visit them every day, talk with them, and both of them have a sign on them encouraging neighbors and kids to stop and talk to them. I know that both are guardians to my house, and I look after them and I know that they look after me and my family, which I love. And it's funny because yesterday, as I sat in my office putting together modules for my course, Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence, I was so delighted to hear a mother outside who had her three kids with her and she stopped and said, Jake, look at this tree. What does his sign say? And Jake, I would guess, was about six years old, slowly read the sign. Hello, my name is Arthur. And when he realized what the sign said, he stopped and he shouted, Hello, Arthur! It was really cute. I adored it. I was delighted because I knew that Arthur was beaming from the attention. And as Jake walked by on the other side of the street about ten minutes later, he stopped again and waved and said, Hi again, Arthur. So again, I loved that. And I loved that because of the sign that I placed on Arthur, it encouraged a mom and her son to enjoy Arthur. And I know that Arthur enjoyed and beamed from the interaction as well. So I wish that everybody could enjoy nature in this way. It brought so much joy to my heart. And if you think it doesn't make a difference, David said to me the other day, babe, look at Edgar look at his blooms and as we pulled up to the house I realized David was right all of Edgar's gorgeous purple blooms were on our side of the property and he had none facing my neighbor I knew right then it was our morning and evening chats and all the love that I was giving him on my side of the yard Now Edgar's out back and he's in kind of a common area so there's not like any fences or anything but I go out there a lot. I go out there in the morning to water and we have a sprinkler system but I still go out there and water and I've just turned our sprinkler system off so that I can go out there purposefully and talk to Edgar and at night I'll go out there and water a little bit more and I talk to Edgar and clearly it's making a difference because there's all of these purple blooms on my side of the property so i love that it's proof positive that having a relationship with nature and the nature that surrounds your home matters in feng shui nature has many auspicious attributes its symbolism can boost finances restore health banish infertility advance love and so much more But more than using nature for what it can do for you, I think we need to restore our love affair with what we can do for nature. Feng shui is about properly aligning energy to enhance flow and abundance in your life. This not only applies to your home, but your yard, your city, your state, and even the entire planet. Like us, nature has qi. Our planet has chi. And when that chi is strong and healthy, guess what? We benefit greatly. Currently, because of that disconnect that I talked about a minute ago to nature, we're harming her health because we're not connected to her. It doesn't matter to us. And that's why in Easy Everyday Habits, I am truly trying to give you the most easiest, easiest ways that everyday habits. Are things that you can do to start making a difference and they're so easy that like it's stupid proof and my hope is that through that book people will reconnect with the natural world and see all of her beauty trees especially have superior wisdom and magical qualities that if you just listen you can hear them speak a language all their own Now I'm going to do something that I haven't done before, but I feel like it's really important for this podcast. Catriona McGregor wrote a book about 10 years ago called Partnering with Nature. It's one of my favorite books, and in the intro she has a story about an introduction that she had to a tree. And I remember when I read this book 10 years ago, I remember I was just really starting to rekindle my love affair with nature. And it was because of this book that I realized the importance of trees. And I'm going to try to get through this story without getting emotional because it breaks my heart. But I want to share it with you because it's so important. Again, this is by Catriona McGregor from her book, Partnering with Nature. 20 years after my spiritual awakening in the forest, I had largely forgotten a singular experience and never discussed it. I grew up went to college, then went to law school, got a job, got married, had a son, and so on. Like most people, I was influenced by societal dictates and sought to put aside my unusual and unexplainable experiences. This all changed for me on a dark and moonless night in October. When I arrived home late again from the office, the dark clouds moved swiftly against a midnight blue sky, And as I was cautiously walking on a poorly lit, uneven stone path to my house, I had a full bag of groceries in my arm and a briefcase hung uncomfortably from my shoulder. It seemed as if my entire body ached from the long day. As I turned the corner to walk through the dark, empty lot next to my house, I saw a soft, glowing light. A golden white light illuminated the lot warmly like the delicate rays of the first morning sun. I stopped and looked around curiously for the source of the light. I peered past the large tree in the center of the lot that had now become quite prominent. To my surprise, the strange light appeared to be emanating from the tree. My mind doubted what my eyes saw. I searched around for a plausible source of light, yet I could not find any. In disbelief, I hurried past the tree to my house, fumbled for the keys to the door, and closed it quickly. With my heart beating rapidly, I could not register what I had just seen. No longer tired, I put the groceries on the counter, caught my breath, and slowly opened the door to take another look. Placing only one foot outside, I looked toward the vacant lot hoping to see only darkness. Please let there be darkness. Instead, the tree illuminated the lot and the surrounding buildings as brightly as if the moon had come to rest gently upon the soft grass. Emerging fully onto the small wooden porch, I stood facing the tree. The tree's light felt warm against the chill of the evening. My cares fell away as a deep peace enveloped me. Looking back upon that experience now, what I recall most was the sense of pure beauty and pure joy. With that glimpse of an infinitely wise and compassionate universe, I knew that the light was the fire of the tree's divine spirit, the tree's very soul. There are no words to describe that which is known as intimately as a lover and yet remains unfathomable After an indeterminate amount of time had passed, I turned away and went inside the house and upstairs to go to bed. As I lay quietly next to my sleeping husband, I fell immediately into a sound sleep. When I awoke the next morning feeling refreshed, the tree was far from my conscious mind. After taking a shower and dressing, I helped my son to get ready for school, made his lunch, packed it neatly into his lunchbox, and hand in hand, we walked to school before I headed back to my car to drive the 45 minutes to my office. I returned home earlier that day than I had the previous day, just as the late afternoon sun was beginning to cast a long shadow. When the empty lot next to our house came into view, I was stunned. What I saw was not the beautiful tree that I had communed with less than a day before. Instead, I saw a ghastly two-foot stump surrounded by tiny clumps of wood arbitrarily spewed around the lot little ugly splinters of wood were all that was left of something that had been indescribably so beautiful my sadness was immeasurable yet I also recognized the miracle that had occurred the tree knowing of its impending demise shone forth its inner light sharing its everlasting soul with the rest of the world as if to say behold I am more than bark and limbs and leaves and roots. I am eternal beauty and wonder. Celebrate and honor what I am and recognize that we are one and the same as this marvel exists within yourself as well. That is so hard for me to get through. Years ago when my girlfriend was telling me how to best donate my time, she used to always say to me, "'Honey, you need to go where your heart bleeds.'" I'll tell you what, there is no other place that makes my heart bleed like that of nature. And every time I read that story from Catriona's book, and I have (laughs) read it, and I know the outcome, and it still chokes me up every time. So the bottom line is this, in order for nature to give to you, you must give to her. Get clear about what it is that you need and how you can reestablish a symbiotic relationship. I'll tell you what after a story like that I don't think I could ever do any harm to a tree ever again I don't even think I could break off a small limb but here's the good news I'm gonna share with you 41 ways that you can start getting the shui right on your land so that you can start honoring your plants and trees around you these are going to be some great choices to get you started and I should mention I go into much greater detail in my course coming out this fall. It's called Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence. I have an entire module that's devoted to nature spirits and nature and how to incorporate Feng Shui with your property and basically create that symbiotic relationship. But for all intents and purposes today, I'm going to share with you these tips to get you started. So for example, Evergreens are an excellent choice to restore longevity and hold a really strong symbolism for leisure. So what's really great about evergreens is that, you know, if you're in an area that gets really cold, evergreens are great because they last all year. So it continues to restore your chi year round. If you are trying to get pregnant or restore a relationship amongst family, maybe you guys aren't getting along or there's a little bit of disagreements daylilies are an excellent choice. They bring about harmony. An apple tree, I love this idea of apple trees. Most of the cities that I've lived in have been able to grow apple trees and I actually just had a friend who was gonna buy an apple tree, and he decided, you know what? I'm gonna plant several apple trees. I'm going to plant several trees on my property to create like a small little orchard for his family. And what I loved about this is that he started out with this idea that he was gonna buy one tree and ended up with an orchard. And when I told him the symbolism behind the apple tree, he actually wasn't surprised. He said, you know, I think that what ended up happening is, is that my intent behind wanting to build the orchard was to bring his family together. And the thing is, is that apple trees represent peace and safety. And what more do you want for your family? So he probably did it intuitively without realizing it. So now he has this beautiful apple orchard. You know, it's not like uh, this massive orchard, but he does have several trees on it now that is fantastic because he and his family can now gather together every year and pick apples. It's so fun. Um, And then any type of citrus. I know when I lived out in California, citrus trees, oh my gosh, they grew everywhere. We had grapefruit trees, orange trees, um, tangerines. We had all kinds of citrus. So depending on your area if you can grow them I've actually got two Meyer lemons that I just got this year Charlie and Dolores are their names and they're actually doing quite well but I will have to bring them in in the winter because it gets too darn cold and that's going to work for now I'm not sure what that's going to look like when they're like eight feet tall and I'm asking David to help me lift trees into the house But I know if I ask him to do it, we will figure out a way. So those are some great places to get started as just general feng shui. And now what I wanna do is give you some ideas on how you can utilize the Bagua map on your actual property. And if you don't know what the Bagua map is, be sure to go back to podcast six. I go into great detail about what it is, why it matters, how you use it and all that good junk. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about how to choose plants and trees by colors for the specific guas so that you can place them on your lot basically according to that bagua map. And again, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, be sure to go back to podcast six. Okay. So let's start out with helpful people. Some great things to look at helpful people. These are considered the quote unquote gray plants and trees Olive trees are a great choice. Silver gum, uh, which is typically eucalyptus. Again, this was something that I saw everywhere in California. I'm not sure that it would grow here in Tennessee, but um, I have seen people have olive trees and also thyme is a great option for helpful people. If you're looking for trees and plants for your career gua on your property, dogwoods are fantastic. I added a dogwood to my family this year. I'm super excited to have her. Her name is Gladys. And also some additional uh, choices would be Monterey Cypress, uh, St. John's Wort, and Ivy. Ivy's a great one because most areas can grow it. Trees and plants for knowledge, the blue spruce. A butterfly bush I have a butterfly bush it's done great here I know my mom has one out in Arizona it does great there so I think it's pretty universal sage is fantastic and then blue hydrangea I've done great with blue hydrangea here in Nashville I'm not sure how they do in other areas but they are really pretty I can say that trees and plants for the family gua great choices would be a maple Um, I don't have a maple on my property. It's funny because if you saw how small my property actually is, you would probably be saying, Amanda, how do you have all these trees? And I'll tell you, David travels a lot. And so every time he comes home, there's more and more and more plants on the property. And I will say I'm not a shopper. I don't like to shop a lot. I don't don't give two flips about clothes and, and shoes and all that stuff. But I may be a little bit addicted to plants and trees. So I tend to overdo it. And so the last time that David came home from a trip, I think he was in Chicago or New York or I don't know where he was. But he said, babe, it's getting to be a little busy out here. So I think that was his cue to buy more trees. (laughs) All right, where do we leave off uh trees for family which I think I just mentioned uh maple uh ferns are fantastic I know that again I know those do well here in the south and hostas uh hostas are fantastic for the family gua and what's great is they come back every year and like they're happy as heck trees and plants for wealth uh crepe myrtle is fantastic and that's what edgar is edgar is a purple crepe myrtle um and hey i can say this from experience if you talk to your crepe myrtle they bloom (laughs) just make sure david wants me to start circling edgar so that when i'm having a conversation with him i'm going around his whole entire circumference so that he's not just blooming on our side of the driveway uh, purple orchids those are fantastic for inside your home and outside if you can grow them and then a blueberry bush trees and plants for fame a crab apple is great tropical hibiscus now i will say that i tried a hibiscus uh, rest in peace cassandra unfortunately cassandra didn't make it because we had a hard freeze and i was at Crepalo and David wasn't home and so the poor gal didn't get covered I did have her in the garage but it still got too cold so depending on where you are if you get hibiscus I think that you can have them during the summertime but if you're in a cold climate be sure to bring them in and then a red trumpet vine also great for the fame area anything in those hot reds it would be fantastic uh let's see trees and plants for partnership oh you're looking for love if you're trying to invite love into your life maybe you're trying to get a little bit more self-love one of my favorite trees is a flowering almond oh and they smell so good creeping thyme also smells delicious and azaleas Woo! you can't go wrong with azaleas those suckers are so hearty i i just love azaleas all right trees and plants for children magnolias oh David hates to go on walks with me because I have to stop not only and talk to every magnolia but I have to smell them they just smell so darn good jasmine is also a terrific plant to place in children and then a calla lily um oh and jasmine smells so good too all right so The other thing is, is that if you want added protection around your entrance in feng shui, there's this thing called food dogs of plants or plants as food dogs. And what they do is they provide protection. So a few of my favorites, these are what you can place at your entrance or around your entrance. Basil. Basil's good. Now, I do know that here in Nashville, I can only grow basil in the summer months. So you may have to like transition stuff out that can be winter and uh summer. But basil's great because it smells so darn good and it's hardy. Like in the summer months, it's hardy. Like I usually plant seeds and that stuff just takes off. And it's so yummy to eat. Just be sure you thank it before you munch on it lemon verbena is also a great one also smells delicious snapdragon cypress cypress is great because they can also act as guardians you know protection again and then ferns great way to add quote-unquote food dogs of protection around the entrance of your home and it's also important to pay attention to the trees like if you have you know even if you have a small property like david and i have a pretty small property That's not stopping me from adding more trees. But if you have um, the ability to have trees, the other thing you want to look at is trees that attract birds because nature sounds are a fantastic way to boost your chi. I've got screen doors on all of my doors in my house and every morning I wake up, I don't care if it's hotter than Hades outside or 20 below. I open up the whole house every morning to get that chi flowing through the house and I also do it because I want to hear the birds. I think it's fantastic to revitalize and restore your chi by hearing the sounds of nature. And so some fantastic trees that do that are junipers, crab apples, sycamores, and crepe myrtles. And I should say Arthur is also a crepe myrtle. Um, It's great because he's gotten so big now that and the tree is up by our second story where our bedroom is and the cats love it because the branches are right up against our windows and so they think they're catching birds. So those are fantastic trees to attract birds and get nature sounds on your property. What I find so fascinating about nature is is her innate wisdom right like if you're really having a crappy day I can't tell you how many times I tell the girls like I'm going outside to have a conversation with Arthur because I need his wisdom and he gives it to me he'll give it to me in so many ways and that's why I adore him and Edgar too you know I'll go out and I'll say girls I'm going out to go have a conversation with Edgar so I think that we underestimate how much nature can really lift us up and boost our chi and make us feel good. Trees have a very large um, energy field that goes around them. So just being in their presence, you can pick up on that energy and it will fluff your chi, which is fantastic. The other thing that I love about Chinese culture is that everything that they do is always about the subtleties. They always celebrate the subtleties and nature is no different. They love to celebrate her nuances, which is exactly how feng shui is done as well. I was fascinated to learn recently by feng shui practitioner Ann Gallops that when feng shui was being unearthed, Chinese farmers were trying to best navigate how to have the most abundant crops. And so understanding how to manage their farms for the greatest profit birthed this annual calendar called the solar term. And it's a narrowly defined calendar of 24 micro seasons that farmers knew what to expect from the climate. And that would tell them how to grow things at really, really specific times. The seasons were based upon the traditional Chinese solar calendar at which the sun reaches 24 equally spaced points along the ecliptic longitude. The calendar still houses the traditional four seasons that we have. But in addition, it has the equinoxes and the solstices and then all these micro seasons. And what's really cool is that they have these micro seasons with evocative names that bring out the beauty and the wonder of a closely intimate relationship with nature and the natural world. So here's some examples. January 20th is the great cold. March 5th is awakening of the insects. April 5th is the clear and bright season july 23rd the great heat august 23rd stopping the heat and october 23rd hoar frost falls now if those aren't evocative names i don't know what are there's a total of 24 you can google it it is called the solar term it's a calendar You can Google this and it'll pop up. I just think it's so romantic. I love the intimate connection that they have with nature and that they have really brought it down to a micro subtlety, um, which I love. So what I would encourage everyone to do is to obviously get outside, rekindle your love affair with nature, plant some trees plant more trees, start a little garden, whether you have a big amount of space, maybe you have a little tiny space, get your hands in the dirt and reconnect. Now I will say that I am a strong wood element. I go over this in the course as well, but I'm a dominant wood and so I'm absolutely expansive and love nature and love my hands in the dirt, but I encourage everyone to do it. It's a great stress reducer. It's great to wash away your day and it's really meditative in a lot of ways. And I think that when you can reconnect to her and just have this grand relationship with her, it opens you up to those inner worlds in unimaginable ways. All right, everyone, I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast, 41 ideas to start feng shuiing your garden. I do want to mention that we've got our course, Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence, coming out this fall. So if you're interested in that, be sure to get on the waitlist. It's on our website. All the way over in the right-hand side of the navigation bar is a tab called Energy Course. You can jump on the waitlist there. All the waitlist is is a place for you to get updates and news about the course before everybody else does. So we're probably going to be opening it up to those on the waitlist about a month ahead of time. So if it's something that you're interested in, be sure that you're there uh, and get on that list. If you're interested in more information or you would like to get a floor plan reading, you can reach out to us at let's chat at or find out more information on our website at gates interior design.com. And hey, if you're not sure about what a floor plan reading is or what it is that we do you can head on over to our youtube channel and i've got all kinds of floor plan readings on there feng shui tips and good stuff so you can go over there and type in the search bar amanda gates or gates interior design all right everyone i hope you have a fantastic day and hey trust the vibe because the energy never lies